Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Today we're going to talk about this man called Apollos. We'll read from Acts chapter 18, verse 24 to 28. Acts chapter 18, verse 24 to 28. Let us pray. Father, speak your truths to us. That even as your truths sink into our hearts and our minds, you cause us to live as you guide us, that we may truly live for your kingdom. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 18, verse 24. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Very often as, um, in, the thing, in the passages, earlier passages, I made mention many times about God being the God of the underdog. I talked about how God would take out failures, people like Peter, who was just a fisherman, Others who didn't amount to very much in life and use them for his kingdom to do mighty things. But lest I give the impression then that God uses only failures and that God uses only underdogs, let me correct this view. It is absolutely not true that God only uses underdogs. In fact, God uses also the very brilliant but what 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says is that God did not choose those who are brilliant. What it meant there was simply that God does not want arrogant people, people who think that they're so smart, people who think that they're smarter than others. But the reality still is that God has a special place for the smarts, for the brilliant, for those who do very well academically, the great thinkers. There is a place for thinkers, and for very intelligent people in the service of God as well. And so lest you say, well, I'm very good in my studies, so I guess God doesn't want me, let me tell you that the opposite is true. And the case in point is the man Apollos. First, let me apologize because on Sunday I said that Apollos, Apollos was Greek. Uh, I assumed wrongly in this passage in verse 24, it says to my face that Apollos was a Jew. Apollos was a Jew. And yet I wasn't altogether wrong. Although Apollos was a Jew, he was a native of Alexandria, which was a very Greek city, a Roman city, uh, with Greek culture. And as the name Apollos implies, it is named after a, a Greek god, one of the top gods in the Pantheon. And so Apollos would have been a Hellenistic Jew, but one also who would be steeped in the Greek culture because otherwise he wouldn't be given a name 
he wouldn't be named after a Greek god. But it says here that he was also he also had a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. And here we have it. The Bible says that Apollos was a learned man with thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately. And then he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. And when he went to Achaia, where that's where Corinth was, he was a great help to those who believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. So a large part of the growth of the Corinthian church was also due to this man, Apollos, which is why in his letter in 1 Corinthians, Paul scolded the Corinthians that they would take sides that one would say, I follow, I, I follow Paul, another, I follow Apollos. Because clearly, Apollos was very influential in the church in Corinth. Apollos, I suspect, was not only well-versed in Hebrew scriptures, he also would probably be well-versed in Greek philosophy and Greek culture. But here was a learned man, a brilliant man, and from the from the way First Corinthians was written, he was also an orator and an eloquent man. Perhaps Apollos even uh, outpaced Paul in his preaching, in his ability to convince and to influence. Which is why there were people who criticized Paul and said that he wasn't a good speaker, he wasn't, he wasn't eloquent. And that might have been had reference to Apollos, who was a great orator, a great speaker, and very convincing. God used this very learned man to advance his kingdom in many ways, perhaps more than Paul could have done. I believe, though, that Apollos was not an arrogant man. He simply committed his life, his talents, all that he had to God. And God used him because God also has need of highly intelligent, learned people to reach the world for himself. So let me say this, that some of you have very brilliant students, some of you are brilliant people, and you wonder then, well, if does God have a place for me with my ability to think, with my analytical mind? And I'd say, definitely God does. Because in many roles, God does want highly learned people. And especially I say to young parents, you know, you have young children, and you aspire for them to be of use to God. Aspire for them to be brilliant, to do well in school. Don't pressure them, but God may have made them so. And then that they may aspire to serve God in various ways. One of the things that really impacted my life was when I went on a trip to India. It was a long trip. I spent a, a month in India. And I stayed with various missionaries. And I discovered that my, the missionaries who were there were not common village folk. A few of them were, had PhDs in top reputable American universities. These were scientists, highly brilliant people. 
But they had chosen to return to India, not just to return to India, they had chosen to live in the wilderness, in the deserts, to be missionaries. But these brilliant people were also great thinkers. And in the process, they advanced the kingdom of God. After I had stayed with them for a while, it inspired me and made me realize that I could do, be of service to God as well. I remember when I was in secondary school, I spoke to my mentor and I said to him, I think God is calling me to pastoral ministry. So maybe I don't have to study so hard anymore after I'm going through a different path. So I could at any point leave school and go to Bible college and just serve God as a missionary or as a pastor. My mentor said this, that very few people have the ability to study, to do well, and to advance in academics, academia, and in the careers. If God has given you this ability, go for it to the hilt. Reach the highest you can go. Of course, always be humble, but reach the highest you can go. Because when you do not have much education, there is a ceiling to where you might reach. But when you reach really high, then you have options for God to use, whether to reach intellectuals or to work downwards to reach others. And then he said, if you can get a doctorate, it would matter, it would make a difference because the doors will be open to you. I realized how true this was when I worked um, alongside the prison officers. With a doctorate, it definitely opened doors for me because when the prison officers saw that they were speaking with someone who was learned, who had a doctorate, they were far more open to us coming in to do the work. And so it is important. But let me tell you another story. In the 70s, there was um, very, very liberal theology that was being taught. You, can't, you wouldn't believe the theology. I read some of the books then that they would tear the Bible apart really and say, oh, this one is not true, that one's a myth, this one couldn't have happened, simply because they didn't agree with the teaching and they'd say, this miracle couldn't have happened. And one example was when Jesus walked on water and there was a speculation that there were stones under the surface of the water that Jesus saw that no one else could see at that time. And so Jesus walked on stones in the water. So distorted was the theology and there was a denial of the virgin birth. There was even a denial of the resurrection. And the play, and theology then had come to crisis. But several very God-fearing, God-loving Christians, they were young then, they decided to raise their children to be brilliant. They sent them to top schools like Harvard and Yale and Stanford and then got them to learn theology as well. After that, these great thinkers took over theological thinking, theological thought, and that helped to change the nature of Christianity. Godly parents who knew that God would give them brilliant children, raising their children to make a difference. I saw the same thing happen in prison, that at one point God was calling Christians inexplicably to join the prison service. And so one well-known one, Jason Wong, was a government scholar. 
And when he finished the scholarship, PSC scholarship, um, the authorities then asked him where he wanted to go. And of course, everyone was gunning for Ministry of Finance and MFA because these were the top careers. But Jason said he wanted to go and work in the prison. This kind of shocked the authorities because prison is a dead-end job. But Jason and several other, many other actually, Christian Christians became officers there and they made a change in the environment of the prison from one of punishment and uh, locking people up to one of rehabilitation. God called godly people, brilliant people into his service. I believe too that God may be calling some of you who have other aspirations. Maybe you think that with your great intellect, you could go into business, you could go into something else, but would you not pause and consider that maybe God has called you into the Christian ministry of some way, some sort or other? One of the biggest needs actually in this sector is that many of the non-profit organizations are very badly run. Um, people with little education, people with little passion, the administration is awful, the, even integrity is not good. And often I've sat back and wondered if some of these very good ministries could be run by brilliant people, people who are great thinkers, not just those who do the work, but those who would sit and plan, sit and wait for vision, sit to strategize, and also to think through theologically the right things to do. There would be a great change in Christian ministry, in social work. And so let me appeal to some of you who are with brilliant minds. Don't cast off Christian ministry or service to God in various ways. Avail yourselves, submit yourselves to God. And say to God, God, use me. Use the brains that I have. Use the intellect, the education that I have. And let me be of use. And I speak especially then to young parents. As you bring your children up, you will discover that some of them are just brilliant and they excel in school. Pray for them. Offer them to the Lord. Encourage them to listen to the Lord and allow the Lord to lead them into places where God can use them mightily. Let us pray. Father, you use people of different abilities. To some, you give, you call to serve the needy. To some, you give various gifts. But God, there is also a group that you have endowed with great minds. We know then that society needs these great minds as well, who offer their lives to you and humbly avail themselves to your use. We pray, Lord, that you speak to those among us, both to the young as well as to the young parents, that they may offer themselves to you and allow you to lead them into service for you. We ask in Jesus' name, 
Amen. Well then, thank you and have a good day and have a blessed time. Goodbye.